Hello everyone and welcome to Defy the Odds. My name is Vernon Barnett and I have a special guest with me here today. Let me tell you a little bit about this gentleman. Based out of San Diego, Resicom is the county's go-to general contractor specializing in disaster restoration. Floods, fires, mudslides, you name it, they handle it. Resicom also does general construction for residential and commercial properties. And I have the luxury to be able to speak with the man behind it all, Eli Humphrey. How's it going, Eli? Thanks I'm doing good, man. Thank you. Oh, man. Good I'm to glad, be here. I'm glad you're able to make it. Um, so, I mean, just to be able to let the audience know a little bit about, you know, your background, where you came from, uh, let's start with that. Yeah, so um, I kind of grew up in and around the trades. Um, my parents did some general contracting work over the years, and then I tried to get away from it for a long time <laughs> and uh, decided that I was going to go to school but always kind of had little tips and tricks in my back pocket as far as construction work goes. Mm -hmm. And then um, decided to go to school and um, got a degree in basically business communications, marketing, okay. advertising. And then um, I married right back into construction. Yeah, it just so couldn't leave you alone. Couldn't, couldn't leave me alone. So I figured, why stop running from it? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, essentially... Um, I grew up kind of doing a lot of residential work and mm -hmm. then my father-in-law, his business was based, uh, doing all commercial work mm -hmm. and that's how we kind of came up with the name Resicom. It was a hybrid of, uh, both, both industries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's straightforward. I know a lot of companies, they have, you know, gimmick names, but this is a name that's, uh, two generations built together as one. Yeah. Um, you said you went to, to school for... Business communications. Business. Yeah, I oh. went to Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay, that's that's yeah. far away from San Diego. Yeah, it is. Uh, what like wh when you said you were brought back into construction, uh, let you marry back into it. Is this something that you kind of still kind of shied away from, or what was the the catalyst to making you get into starting the company, and how you how were you able to do that? Um, yeah, from a from a really young age, I always enjoyed working with my hands. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also knew, yeah, at a very early age that I wanted to run a business. Um, a buddy of mine, my best friend growing up, his dad had his own print shop. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just kind of inspiring. He was like the first business owner that I knew, you know, on a personal level. Yeah. And it was cool being able to see him and his family and the things that they were able to do. Um, not really having, you know, like a boss, so to speak, For or sure. um, kind of just being your own boss, setting your own schedule, having that freedom, mm -hmm. but also knowing that there was a great responsibility behind it that, um, yeah, you, you had freedom, but that didn't mean You're... you could just be a wild man, you know? <laughs> so um, th that was, it was just a combination of those two things, you know, being able to work well with my hands, knowing that I was good at something um, mm -hmm. as far as the trade work. Um, but then, yeah, also being able to just use the, the background and the business expertise um, that, had, that I'd either watched or learned or picked up little things and kind of married the two of those things together. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, from my perspective, there was at that time, maybe when we were going to college, there was a, a big 
shift in, you know, America where people were interested in more in uh, maybe computers or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but you went to something that, you know, was physical and, and you could make something out of nothing, essentially, like yeah. physically. Um, like what, it, what type of, uh, you know, effect did that have on you knowing that, you know, not only could you do that for yourself, but then you could do that for other people too because your company does have to deal with, you know, bringing people back from disasters like floods, fires, mudslides. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think uh, if I understand your question correctly, yeah, you're saying like what was the, maybe the challenge behind, you know, seeing other people going into separate industries but then going into something that was like more blue collar or yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because, you know, there's um, the popular thing to do and then there's the thing that's really calling your heart. If, yeah. If you see what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what I was ref referring back to is um, I, I think that I that was kind of this constant wrestle. Like when I was growing up and then kind of I think probably 13, 14, mm -hmm. um, being around the trades more kind of up through my teenage years. And then I think it was probably, you know, 18, 19 years old, even first couple of years of college. I just the whole trades part of it kind of wore me out. Like, uh, I don't want to be swinging a hammer, you know, when I'm 40. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, not at all. Backbone of America, I think, is kind of built off of mm -hmm. blue collar work and the people that are willing to get up and make that sacrifice every day. And I agree. Um, so um, it was just I had that conflict in me, though. Like, I didn't want to be deduced down to like um, being a, a quote unquote lesser than person mm -hmm. just because I only knew trade work. Right. Um, so I, I think it was, it was a difficult thing to kind of see. Um, and that's part of why the bend was really making sure that I placed a high priority on my education. I right. still followed through and went to school and got my degree, mm -hmm. did all that. But seeing that I couldn't really run from something that was like constantly chasing me yeah felt like um it, it was just it was easy to then step back and go okay hey i've got two talents um where i'm actually good at something with my hands but then i now have the educational piece and the business smarts to kind of marry the two of those things together right um it made it easy to then have a vision for uh, putting those things together and then fulfilling a need that other homeowners have. Mm -hmm. um, so that's how I was able to basically kind of carry that into doing the residential and the commercial work right. and doing the restoration. Um, All at once. Yeah. There's a big element of the insurance uh, part of our industry that um, it, it needs more than just a tradesperson. You can't yeah. just go in there and be a strong carpenter and say, oh, yeah, <laughs> hey, I know my way around working with an insurance company mm -hmm. you need a lot of the educational piece of it to really get in there deal with um you know higher level people mm -hmm. um people that are you know dealing with claims and uh adjusters and homeowners reading through policies understanding the whole gamut of everything that goes into it yeah so it sounds like uh, that's a whole different type of conversation uh would you say that you like what did your um father-in-law like how how was his uh impact on you in getting the business started as opposed to you know what you already knew and then how was uh his um touch on the business able to broaden how you could see things yeah so he w he was very influential um i think at the time i didn't really realize that mm -hmm. um but i worked for him for almost five years um 
his his forte was in doing commercial work, like I said, but I came out of the background of, you know, a lot smaller kind of mom and pop residential mm-hmm. construction companies, maybe a handful of people where there was, you know, maybe at one point working on a crew of, you know, 20 people. Whereas um, my father-in-law, his industry, he built a very large business. It was very successful. Mm-hmm. Um, he had over 300 people. And so you he really learned, yeah, you really learned how to, you know, just really kind of get in gear and do it quick. Mm-hmm. And, uh, have a kind of a different mentality about what you were doing throughout the day. It was all based on, you know, just production work. So mm-hmm. if you worked on the drywall crew, that was it. It was like you were just isolated. How many sheets of drywall can you hang yeah. in a day? You're not worried <laughs> about uh, the framing or um, where the painter is or um, if the electrician got his job done. It was just, hey, I'm here to produce mm-hmm. and um, – yeah, make sure that the management is happy and, you know, you're, you're just looking for high volume, high productivity with your work crew. So um, a lot of those tips and tricks, they kind of carried over from every single trade. It didn't matter if it was door hanging. Um, you, you were always looking for like a faster, better, quicker way to get it done, be yeah. more efficient. How do you get your tools out of your truck and do it quicker <laughs> um, than the next guy? And how do you roll up at the end of the day? call it a day you know Mm -hmm. be back in your truck faster than the next guy as well so it was just maximizing that time and um so i feel like that was the kind of one of the biggest takeaways is um really learning you know high productivity working with him yeah and um my next question would be you know when we do have those mentors in our life we take what we can from them but um when it comes to that moment where you feel like you had to go out and spread your own wings and when it came to you building your own company now, um, did you start by yourself? Was it um, maybe a, a a meeting that you had in, in your garage or was it in the, I don't know, the, the balcony? I don't know. When you started to say, oh, Resicom is starting to become an idea into reality, how did you go about doing that? Yeah, so um, I, I left my father-in-law's company kind of at a precarious time. It was uh, right during the downturn of the economy. Mm-hmm. You know, things weren't going well. Um, I just had my first kid, got a, a you know, a daughter uh, that was born kind of right in the crux of all this craziness happening. Mm-hmm. And the economy was really, you know, taking a bad spin. So For everyone. Um, yeah, for everybody. Um, and it got to the point where, I knew that I was either going to continue potentially being a liability for my father-in-law when he was trying to, you know, struggle and kind of make his way through mm-hmm. or, you know, just me kind of taking things into my own hands and taking control of the situation, making sure that I'm providing for my family. Yeah. And so uh, there was a couple of different elements that kind of like, I'd say, forced me into um, having to make those decisions. So right. I, of course, you know, I went in trying to do things the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believe in, you know, being full of integrity with every decision that you make. So I went in and just had a, you know, real frank sit down conversation with my father-in-law and just said, Hey, looks like here's where things are at. Mm-hmm. Um, but before I just, you know, I don't want to leave you high and dry. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I got to make some things happen. I want to make sure that I have your blessing on me kind of going out and doing my own thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, he he actually encouraged me to do that. He saw my perspective and 
mean, there's ultimately his granddaughter, you know, that I'm, yeah. I'm taking care of. So <laughs> it was, uh, I don't think it was necessarily easy on them just because of the, the times that they were going through, but, mm -hmm. um, it, it made it, it made it for a, just like a better transition, kind of getting through that situation and mm -hmm. having a conversation with him. And then, yeah, from there, it was just a lot of brainstorming, you know, sitting around with my wife, sitting around, you know, kind of doing a group think with a couple buddies. Yeah. Getting some ideas jotted down on paper. Oh, uh, really quickly, were yeah. they also in construction already? Were they in the company that your your father had? So you can see, okay, you could see what their work ethic was on a daily basis. You could see what uh, their integrity level was. You could see, um, you know, how full of energy they were before you had conversations with them or were they uh, college friends or were they just extra yeah so um my wife she actually did work for her father as well so she had a lot of insight into his business mm -hmm. um and just you know being around general construction um for pretty much as long as she can remember mm -hmm. uh, so i had that voice in my life um kind of you know we both kind of weighed out the pros and cons of what we were getting ready to embark on and then, um, yeah, other people were just really close college friends. Um, of course, you know, ran a couple things by my parents. I respect my parents of course. Um, immensely. And so I was always kind of going through and, you know, just looking at little things, making sure I'm, I'm doing things the right way. The right way. I heard smart. you say that a couple of times yeah. already. So yeah. um, that tells me where your heart is. That tells me where uh, your mind is on a lot of things. Um, and just the conversations that we've had uh, off um, off the microphone, uh, I've seen that too. Yeah. So um, how was that instilled in you? Was it something that, you know, your mom kind of um, helped you out with? Was it something that your dad kind of helped you out with? Was it something that you've seen in other people? Like, hey, I want to take that characteristic and make it mine. Um, yeah, I think, I think just a combination of, yeah, good influence in my life from a, a young age. Um, my parents are yeah by far kind of two of the most amazing people that i i know of course i'm going to be a little bit biased but not everybody can say that about their mom and dad yeah. you know some sometimes you know there's an absent father or absent mother you're speaking of you speaking yeah. to somebody that you're talking to yeah so i mean <laughs> you, you never know somebody's backstory and what you know kind of life they've gone through and whatnot but mm -hmm. um thankfully you know with my mom and my dad they were always there um they were very transparent with me growing up um they were always kind of modeling what was right. Yeah. And then um, for sure, you know, my faith kind of plays a part, a, a big part in my life. And, um, you know, just having a personal relationship with Jesus and then kind of being in and out of church. Um, I, I know that uh, that has always been kind of a good influence on my life and seeing, you know, just other people around me that are kind of striving towards the mm -hmm. same type of thing. Yeah. I don't think we always get it right, you know, yeah. but there's kind of that constant effort of trying. And when you get knocked down saying, Hey, yeah. all right, you got to get back up mm -hmm. and I'm going to try this again. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, same thing. My father-in-law, same kind of background, just, he, he grew up, um, actually out in the Midwest and came from just kind of a farm life. That's and hard so, work for sure. Yeah. You, you could just see, he kind of carried that about himself, even in his business. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, he showed up today or to work every day with, uh, you know, a collared shirt oh. and uh, a tie on and everything. He was always dressed nice, but he had no problems getting in there and working hard and, mm -hmm. um, 
you could just tell he was a, he was a hard worker. He was the first one in, and last one to leave every oh, day. You know, the, so those are those are the characteristics that you were around. I can see how you've been able to easily you know bring those into you and make them yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that really stood out from what you said was um, when you get when you get knocked down, you got to get back up. Yep. I I know that there's a um, a high probability of small businesses not working in the beginning, like the first two to three years, a lot of them don't work, but yours has. Mm-hmm. And not only has it worked, but it's also thrived. And um, now the county knows Resicom when it comes to construction. So um, for you, were there some opportunities where you could have almost fallen and not get, gotten back up where, you know, you kind of went to the other side and you just thrived? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, this is something that kind of comes up I would say almost, you know, weekly, if not daily. I mean, there's, you, the world is set up in a way that you're always going to have a choice, you know, to mm-hmm. either kind of do what's right or potentially kind of take a different path. And it, sometimes that seems easier, but it's not. But it's not. <laughs> and so when you get faced with, you know, adversity or something that's hard or tough or challenging, mm-hmm. um, for for me, it's not the most comfortable thing to do, but I find that the the easiest thing for me to do is actually just run straight into that problem. I hear you. And say, all right, hey, I'm here. I'm not turning my back. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. I mean, you you never know unless you actually find out, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, yeah, constantly I've had to deal with a lot of crazy situations. Um, but uh, specifically in the beginning where you you weren't rolling yet you Mm -hmm. and your friends are all in a brand new space um you know maybe you know some information but when it comes to executing something all on your own without your father's uh, uh, father-in-law's help like what were some of those in the beginning for those people who are maybe 20 21 22 they're sitting around the kitchen table right now they have an idea they want to make something happen but you know they need to be aware of what's what's around the corner for them yeah um I, i say this all the time but um it's something that I kind of, I guess maybe put a little soapbox on is just saying, showing up, you know, showing up is half the battle. Yeah. If you actually get up and just try and assert yourself, that's half of the battle. Most mm. of the time you talk to people and um, I actually started a business prior to getting into construction. Really? So that's a whole separate story. What was that one? It was doing um, like multimedia. So right out of okay. college, I, I thought, yeah, I'm definitely not going into trade work. You know, I was still kind of against the whole thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, I, I attempted going into a multimedia business with some friends. and um, Like video production or? Video production, web design, advertising, marketing, all kinds of stuff. That's funny because that's what I was, that's what I was talking about earlier where everyone was going towards the popular thing, but mm-hmm. something kept calling you. Yeah. So, I, I mean, to tag off of that just a little bit, I wouldn't say that the business was like a, you know, some kind of epic failure, mm-hmm. um, but <laughs> I, I didn't succeed yeah. at that business. But um, I, I say all that to say I had a friend and mentor at the time that said, uh, he, he sat me and my buddies down uh, that were doing this business together, and he was like, hey, I'm going to have a real talk with you guys you don't want it bad enough. Oh. And I mean, that hurt, that stung me to the core. But it was, it, was just, it true? But it was true. Okay. And in hindsight, I didn't know that. You know, it was like looking back now, it was really easy to see. Yeah. He, he was absolutely correct. <laughs> I, I wasn't doing all the right things mm-hmm. that said and modeled, yeah, that I want this, that yeah. I'm hungry enough to get up early, 
to be disciplined, um, to, you know, call it a night instead of staying out late, yeah. um, to, to put aside different things or sacrifice something kind of on the front end so that I could have a greater reward on the back end. Oh, man. So um, now kind of going back to that and seeing that model, mm-hmm. um, that's why I, I say to people, you know, showing up is half the battle. If, if you can get up and just show up, be present, put in the hard work, grind every day, you know, you're doing more than 50% of the people out there that are complaining about their situation but not seeing anything change. I agree. Yeah. Oh, man. So that's that's already a nugget that people can take. If you're listening right now, show up. Yeah. And then when you show up, give your best. Absolutely. Um, so when it comes to, you know, now, I don't know what Resicom was in the beginning, but when it started to expand and you started to get the bigger projects and people started to, you know, know your name and that you're getting those calls from the bigger uh, the bigger players in town, um, what do you think was a catalyst to be able to get to that? If, if showing up was half the battle, then, um, you know, what was able to take you to the next level when it came to um, going from, you know, the, the fledgling company in the beginning mm-hmm. to now the expansive business um, that you are now? Yeah, a um, couple things. I would say reliability and being trustworthy. So, I mean, it, it, it's one thing to, like, make the phone ring. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can do that. There's a lot of different ways to do it. Marketing. You know, marketing. Mm-hmm. You can pay per click for advertising. Yeah. You can get a good referral from somebody. Mm-hmm. But all that goes right out the window if you're not reliable. And if so, your work isn't good. Yeah. So <laughs> if somebody calls you, uh, they need to know, you know, that you're trustworthy. They can count on you. You're going to be there. Mm-hmm. If you say you're going to do something, deliver on it. Yep. And if you, you know, if, if you tell somebody a time commitment, just follow through with that time commitment. And it's better to, you know, push somebody back and say, hey, I can't make this appointment or mm-hmm. uh, it's not going to be till later versus kind of putting yourself in a bad spot. You, Where you under deliver. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, it'd be those two things I'd say is reliability and trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of um, the two factors that really kind of, I feel, helped catapult us um as as, well as we continue growing you know there's a lot of opportunity as um you know things continue for the business to grow um there's relationships that i've put in you know work and had personal relationships with people for 12 years before they actually pick up the phone Mm. and call on a business level yeah and you never know you you don't know what's going on behind the scenes you Mm -hmm. may have a personal relationship with somebody a friendship but then all of a sudden they see something, they see that modeled like, oh, that guy Eli or that company Resicom, mm-hmm. uh, that guy Vernon, you know, he's persistent. He's, uh, he's got what it takes. He's honest. He's trustworthy. He's reliable. If he says he's going to show up, he's That's there. That's what it is. And all of a sudden you're getting a phone call and they're saying, hey, can you come down and do this major project? We've mm-hmm. had you on our mind. You yeah. Know, so, um, it's a lot of you know just dedication and hard work that goes into making that happen but again you got to show up showing up is half the battle i hear you so um one thing that really stuck out to me is um how people see you and how that eventually translates into business Uh, but enough on eli for one second i Mm -hmm. want to see you know maybe some of the behind the scenes because the spouses the family that's 
uh, maybe not seeing Eli as much as they would like to, or they have to sacrifice this birthday or maybe that game because they know, um, you know, dad's out there making it happen and bringing home the bacon for us and putting us in a better situation. Um, what what do you feel like um, has been an effect on, you know, the people who support you? Um, yeah, my, my hat's off. You, you bring up a great question. Um, my hat's off to my family, specifically my wife and my kids. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be half of what I am today without my wife and her support. Uh, she's truly been there from day one. Um, and you know, again, like I said, sometimes we don't get it right, but we got to keep trying. (laughs) Um, we had this big Christmas party one year and I was giving shout outs to employees and telling them, you know, all the stuff. And there's my wife sitting there and I barely squeaked out, you know, a recognition (laughs) of her. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when we talked about it later, it really made me kind of cognizant of, uh, yeah, how much of a role that she plays and how appreciative um, I am of who she is in mm-hmm. my life and the role that she's helped as far as helping keep the business going and helping keep the wheels on the bus, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would attribute for sure a, a lot of – who I am uh, to my wife, her mm-hmm. flexibility, her understanding. And thankfully, it, it's kind of funny. She kind of grew up saying, like, I'll never marry a general contractor. Because her because father. Because of her father. Yeah. Um, but then here we are. and uh, You've made it work. We've made it work. And, and she kind of understands a lot of the nuances that maybe somebody else wouldn't, wouldn't. get mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And um, so, um, yeah, I, I really do try to spend that quality time even if it's squeezed in i literally just (laughs) rushed down you know from hanging out with my kids Mm -hmm. prior i got off work had to squeeze in a little visit with them and um yeah so i do try to make that time uh but you know for sure they they've sacrificed time spent with me as well because i'm not around them as much or Mm -hmm. um so yeah i'd say for sure my my friends and family have played a huge role in just how they've supported me. Um, speaking of your wife specifically, um, is there anything that she has done, like in a specific instance, or her role within how Resicom started and how it's been able to grow? That um, maybe if you were to have tried to do it by yourself, it wouldn't have gone the same way. I don't know. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, there's countless things. Okay. Um, I mean, one of the very first things. Um, so as before Resicom even got, you know, its official name, mm-hmm. I just started out as Eli Humphrey Handyman Service. Okay, so and, she helped with the name probably. And my, ma- or my wife was, uh, I mean, she was my biggest fan and supporter. She was literally carrying our daughter around, canvassing neighborhoods, walking around, passing out flyers. Knocking on doors? Knocking on doors. Wow. So, I mean, it, it doesn't get much more dedicated than that Mm -hmm. you know when you look back at that and see um from such small beginnings to having you know a a small corporation Mm -hmm. um i mean there's countless stories like that um what would be another one this is getting good yeah um i mean yeah i can recall trying to wear every hat you know going out i'm Mm. estimating jobs I'm going out and actually doing work, trying to get 
tools and materials and mm-hmm. people all organized, going out and meeting with the clients, going out and, you know, managing jobs, going out and measuring new things. Mm-hmm. Um, but my wife, you know, lo and behold, she'd be the one staying up late, helping me get paperwork done. Right. Back um, office type of work. Yeah, back office, uh, even to the point where, you know, she's investing in additional training, learning how to run QuickBooks. Oh, yeah. And it was something that she already kind of had a background in, but, you know, investing into our future when, you know, a newer version of QuickBooks came out, she was trying to learn the the latest tips and tricks to stay above board and keep everything rolling so that, you know, money's coming in and making sure that bills are paid. And And it's done the right way. Yeah, and it's done the right way, exactly. So no cutting corners. She was never satisfied if something was, you know, a penny off. <laughs> she she would be in there digging through receipts and putting together time cards mm-hmm. and adjusting the um, all the accounts payable, accounts receivable, you know, making sure that the budget and everything zeroed out. Oh, man, that, that inspires me because I don't have a woman yet. But I know <laughs> that uh, from the people that I speak to that having two people in love aimed towards the right goal, the same goal is a lot more easier to get done. Yeah, or, it's know, a force to be reckoned with. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, one of the things that stuck out to me w- from what you said was um, allowing one of the hats that you have to come off and give it to someone else mm-hmm. or in business what's called leverage. So um, when did you feel like, okay, it's too much for me just to do all by myself and that I should be allowing others in on this dream and, hey, you take this, you take this, and you take this, and did that bring up? the overall Resicom um, company. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, there's there's a great power in delegation. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of things, um, I think, in life. Like, I don't, I don't consider myself a very controlling person, mm-hmm. but there's things in life, you know, especially with my business, that I'm definitely very controlling of. You have to be. Um, <laughs> yeah, you have to be. So it's, it's very hard to be able to let some of those things go. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're, you know, if you have a little bit more a type tendencies, right. and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but also one of the, the good things is that I tell people is just recognize your weakness. And a lot of times, you know, people will try to go and recognize that weakness and then continue to work on really it. work on it. Mm-hmm. And there's something to be said for that. Um, but on a business level, a lot of times, um, yeah, the, the best thing for you to do is recognize that weakness and actually just pass it on Yeah, and say, Hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm man enough or woman enough mm-hmm. to understand that this is not a strong point of mine. And I could probably actually benefit from someone else helping me with this Yep. and somebody else that has this as their strong suit mm-hmm. coming in and pairing up with them and saying, all right, Hey, let's work together because those two forces combined are going to be way better than yeah. you trying to continue working on your weakness. Yeah. And you can be focusing all that energy on something that you're already good at. I hear you. So if you're a great salesperson and a terrible accountant, <laughs> you know, focus on the sales and hire your accountant. Right. Um, vice versa. You know, um, if, if you're, you know, sitting behind a desk, you know, just being an, an accountant crunching numbers, don't mm-hmm. try to go out there and say, all right, hey, I'm going to improve. And, you know, now <laughs> tomorrow I'm waking up and I'm going to be the best salesman that ever lived. Yeah. You know, so you got to balance those things out and uh, take it all in stride. Would you say uh, assessment for you, self-assessment, and then also maybe a business assessment has been something that's 
you know, recurring. You need to do it maybe every month, every week, every quarter, you know, just to make sure, hey, shake myself and make sure I don't get into uh, too much comfortableness and let's go to the next the next target. Yeah, um, that that I think that that's important to do um, introspectively, you know, from yourself, but also bringing in outside people. Um, yeah, sometimes one of the like I, I think one of the most helpful things that we actually have done mm-hmm. um, with Resicom is actually bring in a third party, because then they're able to look at it and say, you know, from an unbiased perspective, mm-hmm. hey, here's what you guys are good at. Here's what this individual is good at. Mm-hmm. Here's, um, you know, the different key players within the company and actually assess them yeah. on a personal level. Mm-hmm. And then kind of reiterate that message of saying, hey, you're really good at this. Don't steer away yeah. from that. You know, stay in your lane kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, that's definitely very helpful as you're developing goals. And, uh, you know, you have to kind of just shake things up and say, all right, I got to go back to the drawing board now and understand, you know, what is the goal? Yeah. What are we doing? What's our purpose here? Because things shift and they change. You, you may start out, um, you know, only doing or having the ability to do one or two projects at a time, but yeah. then it gets to a point where, hey, maybe you're managing a couple hundred jobs or um, maybe you don't want to be that guy, you know, doing a hundred projects. Your focus is, on the one and making sure that one job is very successful. So, mm-hmm. you know, same thing, you know, you got to find the middle ground and find what you're good at. Yeah. I've heard uh, from a lot of people that they have more respect for the, the man at the top or the woman at the top when they know that they've been through the trenches mm-hmm. and to hear you say that you, your company almost, well, the company that you had before was Eli handyman and to now what it is now. Um, what has been for you, um, one of the ways that you made that adjustment. Um, in in what regard? Just going from lower guy on the totem pole. Yeah, to like like that type of mentality where hey, I just want to do the physical stuff, and then when it comes to now you oversee and you have to make sure uh, this department, that department, this department is all working together as one. Like, how much growth did it take for you to you know go from just uh, doing the jobs to the one that's you know sending out the jobs and getting yeah everything going at once yeah i mean there there's a lot of transition there you know and a lot of time um yeah i i tell this story it's um kind of funny one of my guys he was working for me at the time and i noticed you know when i first brought him on mm-hmm. um i was teaching him a lot of things and it got to a point where he was very kind of isolated in one specific trade and he was just kind of, he was getting really fast Mm -hmm. and I noticed it. And, um, I came out to a job one day and I, you know, I had to get some other things done. I was going out to meet a client and doing all this stuff. And, um, he kind of was poking fun at me, but almost kind of challenging me and saying, uh, how he, he said, Hey man, I'll, I'll put, you know, lunch on the table or whatever. Like, I, I bet I'll work circles around you doing what? this task. Oh, man. And at first, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It, like, kind of provoked me. Like, yeah, oh, man, yeah. all right, let's do it. You know, yeah, you're thinking, <laughs> let's go, you know. But at the same moment, I had this kind of light bulb that came on, and I, I told him, I said, well, good for you. Congratulations. Yeah. That means, you know, you and I are both doing something right. Because mm-hmm. – I'm not here to 
continue helping you out and yeah. see if I can work faster than you at this specific task. Mm -hmm. um, I've got to keep moving and make sure that you actually have a job to go to next week. <laughs> you know, so responsibility. Yeah, change. that's that's good that you're faster at this thing than I am now. And I don't there's that's no skin off my back. Yeah. I'm glad because that means that individual has the opportunity to succeed. They're growing. Uh, hopefully they're making more money in their career, For sure. et cetera, you know, and on top of that, they can reproduce themselves, you know, from somebody else's lower down kind of coming up through yeah. the ranks as well. Mm -hmm. Oh man. So, I mean, that was one instance where uh, you, you, and a lot of people, they would have uh, stayed in that moment too long yep. where they just want to show, okay, well, let's get it done. Let's get it done. Yeah. I want to, but you went to the next level. So that's something that, you know, me personally, uh, being 26, maybe that's something I can learn from, even though I haven't been in that instance just yet. But just to be able to, you know, see it from a bird's eye perspective. Uh, what's next for Resicom and also Eli now going forward? Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to continue growing. Um, a lot of people kind of have these grand visions of, oh, I'm going to put Resicom on the map or I'm going <laughs> to put XYZ company on the map and mm -hmm. I'm going to do this and that. Um you know, for me, I'm, I'm thankful and just kind of count my blessings for where I'm at in life. Yeah. Um, I don't want to put any limitations on anything that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I think that, you know, obviously I have I have goals and dreams. Um, but I think just to kind of practice what I preach, if you will. Yeah. It's just to do the same thing, showing up, being consistent, be reliable, be trustworthy mm -hmm. and then see where that takes me. Yeah. So it's not um, it's not that, yeah, I don't have direction or a ship without a sail kind of thing, but it's just saying, hey, I'm committed to these constant principles. And out of that, inevitably, Resicom is going to continue growing and go into bigger and better places. We're going to yeah. get better opportunities. We're going to come in network with, um, yeah, better people. And, uh, yeah, we're going to continue to grow through that. So we've had very consistent year over year uh growth mm -hmm. with the company um and that's great and to hear I, I expect nothing less you know moving forward yeah so um is there anyone that who's in your company now that was with you since the beginning so they've seen the growth they've seen the change they've seen the uh, expansion and they're looking at you now like you know we we have conversations about what used to happen in the beginning we just laugh about it anyone like that you know a yeah. long time yeah for sure uh, my partner mike mallory um yeah i mean he's been right there with me kind of through thick and thin mm -hmm. um yeah since almost the inception i mean resicom was pretty small company and you know just getting its feet underneath itself mm -hmm. and uh mike has definitely you know he's been there he's seen all the good the bad the ugly uh the fun <laughs> um yeah i mean it's it, so it's been good um being able to look back and see, yes, even some of the experiences and challenges that we've gone through together, mm -hmm. um, we can now look back on some of that stuff that we thought was a big deal at the time. And yeah. it's, it's really not. In the grand scheme of things, we're like, oh, remember that? And we kind of laugh about it. A little speed bump. Yeah, it was just a little speed bump along the way. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, the, Mike has definitely been that individual. And um, just uh, one of the other principles that you keep speaking on is, you know, uh, being reliable, being trustworthy, and, you know, continuing to stand on those things. Would you say that that also has to deal with uh, the people who, like Mike, 
his family, not only him working, you said he needed to get the, not him, but someone needed to get the paycheck. I need to make sure that you have some jobs to work on. Like, does a part of you think about those people who are relying on you? You know, when it comes to having a company still to come back to and what's the culture and things like that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, more and more, that's that's one of my biggest drives. Um, I don't, you know, it's like, this guy, I had this mentor that told me, um, hey, you're going to get to a point where, you know, if you're doing things right, it's kind of like making sausage links. You know, okay. you just keep putting all the right ingredients in mm-hmm. and you keep cranking that wheel. And as long as you have everything kind of lined up, mm-hmm. these sausage links kind of just keep Continuing. coming out of the machine. Yep. So, um, you know, he challenged me to just say, hey, once you get to that point, then figure out the diversity to put somebody else in, in, in front of cranking that wheel. Yeah. If you got all of the right things. So for me, that's one of the things like I kind of know not to be cocky about it, but let it go. You know, I, I know what things need to go into making our company successful, mm-hmm. taking a project and starting that job and then completing it from start to finish, you know, every mm-hmm. aspect of it, from interacting with the customer to giving them the keys or getting that last payment. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, now moving forward, it's like I, I want to pe- put the right people on board to where they're the ones kind of cranking that machine. Yeah. And my biggest thing kind of moving forward is seeing the people that are there supporting our team, mm-hmm. seeing that they're doing well. Yeah. So – Absolutely. That's one of my biggest things, making sure that our employees are taken care of. They have a good place to work. Mm-hmm. There's job security. Um, yeah, we want to yeah, invest into our local community, you know, San Diego at large, making yeah. sure that local San Diegans and people that are living here, mm-hmm. um, residing here, investing into the, the commerce here, that they have a good, safe place to work um, and a team of people around them that actually care about what's going on. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, for sure. There's there's definitely a lot of insight that goes into that. Those are some strong values. I can just hear it through the booth. If you guys aren't here, I can see it in in the man's eyes that he's going in a place that is, you know, uh, far and beyond, and he's taking all the people who believe in his vision with him. Absolutely. Um, if we were to let the the listeners know, where can they get more information on Resicom or Eli Humphrey in specific? Uh, what what are some of the places that they can reach out in? Yeah, biggest platform would be going online, uh, Resicom, spelled out R-E-S-I-C-O-M.com. Mm-hmm. Pretty easy, Resicom.com. Uh, tells a little bit about our website. Our focus there is uh, definitely geared towards the disaster restoration side of things, but we're continuing to develop um, more of our portfolio and what we're all about. But a, a lot of good information is on that website. And then, yeah, uh Call in our office, stopping by our, our business. Uh, brick and mortar building is up in Escondido. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, our telephone number, 858-227-9700. And, and where can they find more about the man behind it all? Give, give me a ring. Look <laughs> me up, find me in the office, and come say hi. Okay. Well, if you guys weren't here, it's been a great conversation with Eli. I got to know a little bit more about a guy that I've known off the microphone And um, this has been a lot of great information. I hope it was valuable to you. Vernon, I appreciate it.